well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Buried Arms Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad to be with you on the program today. Uh, special thanks to all the folks at the Gun Owners Action League for uh, making me feel welcome, virtually speaking, over the weekend. Their Second Amendment Freedom Rally in Quincy, Massachusetts. Sorry that I couldn't be there in person, but I was glad to uh, lend my voice to the cause. Uh, along with uh, Barry and Arms contributor John Petrolino and uh, a host of other Second Amendment advocates. It sounds like it was a, a great event in Quincy. Uh, and again, all to uh, try to defeat HD 4420, the Lawful Citizens Imprisonment Act, as the Gun Owners Action League has labeled it. Uh, we're going to be talking about something else going on in another state, and not too far away from Massachusetts, red flag laws in New York. We'll get to that here in just a second. Before we do, though, Biden's America, well, that's crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation, pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch meat next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that is why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today... Qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. So we talked at Bearing Arms uh, last week about a new federal lawsuit that's been filed taking on Maryland's red flag law. The uh, plaintiff in this case, an individual combat veteran, has apparently been tangling with his uh, county for a couple of decades, I guess, over you know the length of grass in his yard, things of that nature. And earlier this year, a, a county official filed an emergency extreme risk protection order petition against him. His guns were confiscated. He was taken off for a uh, mental health evaluation before, by the way, he even knew what was going on. He wasn't subject to that uh, initial ex parte hearing. When it came time for the hearing to be held on a permanent order after his guns were taken, after he had gone for that mental health evaluation, the county official dropped the petition. Yeah, um, which, again, has uh, led to this federal challenge to the state's red flag law. Now, in New York State, you've got uh, at least three judges, two of them on the uh, state Supreme Court, who have ruled in red flag cases of their own that New York's law is a violation of a state statute. And now the attorney general is appealing at least a couple of those decisions, the uh, headline court battle brews over New York law that lets judges bar gun access for those who pose danger. I'm going to take issue with the headline. Because again, one of the findings of these judges is that there really is no finding of dangerousness by a qualified mental health professional before these red flag orders are issued. Uh, Lowhud.com uh, uh, with the uh, story saying a brewing court fight will decide the fate of a 2019 New York state law that allows judges to bar access to guns for up to a year to anyone deemed suicidal or threatening to others. Similar to safeguards in place in 20 other states in Washington, D.C., the paper writes, New York's red flag law aims to curb preventable shootings and suicides by enabling cops, parents, and others to apply to the courts when they see clear warning signs. 
Judges have approved more than 6,400 orders since the law took effect four years ago. What the paper doesn't say is that uh, really the approval rate for these red flag orders has soared uh, over the past year after uh, Governor Kathy Hochul demanded that the New York State Police file ERPO requests uh, at any and every given opportunity. And a lot of these uh, requests, it looks like anyway, on paper, are being red stamped by judges. But as uh, Lowhud.com reports, uh, lawyers for people resisting those requests have challenged the law itself and in some cases found sympathetic judges. Three declared it unconstitutional. Blocking firearms access without a doctor's opinion violates gun rights and due process, they ruled. It's not that they, a doctor's opinion. Is that again, there is a judicial finding of dangerousness without any sort of mental health evaluation whatsoever. And that is not uncommon in states that have red flag laws. We are told all the time that these laws are, are aimed at mental health. In fact, they're, they're not. The vast majority of states that have red flag laws on the books do not have any sort of mental health component anywhere in that ERPO process. Not when a petition has been requested and not after a petition has been granted. You know, in most states, someone who is subject to a red flag order is told, okay, we're taking your guns. Uh, you can apply to get them back uh, in a year or so. Um, you might be able to appeal this process at some point over the year. And if you want to get your firearms returned, well, we need to show that you need to show that, that you are no longer a danger to yourself or others. Maybe the best way to do that is to get counseling, is to get mental health treatment. But that treatment is not provided for the person that a judge has declared to be dangerous. And again, uh, in the vast majority of states, there is no finding by a mental health professional that somebody actually poses a threat to themselves or others before that order is issued. Sarah Coco, an assistant solicitor general in Letitia James's office, says, uh, quote, the constitutional right to possess a firearm is limited to law-abiding and responsible persons, i.e. those who are not likely to engage in conduct that would result in serious harm to themselves or others. Well, the constitutional right to keep and bear arms is limited to we, the people. Now, again, courts have said that there are some disqualifying factors, right? If you're convicted of a felony offense under federal law, if you are convicted of a crime that is punishable by more than a year in prison, even if it's not a felony offense, then you are forevermore barred from owning a firearm. That particular statute is being challenged in a case called Range versus Garland. Talked about it last week with uh, Chuck Michelle, Brian Range, a, a Pennsylvania resident who decades ago, uh, I think pled guilty, I don't even think he was convicted, pled guilty to a misdemeanor offense, basically falsifying his income on a, uh, a food stamp application. Uh, that was punishable as a misdemeanor, but it was punishable by more than a year in prison under Pennsylvania law at the time. So Brian Range has forevermore lost his right to keep and bear arms. Well, I shouldn't say forevermore because the Third Circuit said that that law is unconstitutional and they think that Mr. Range should get his rights back. Uh, that case, going up to the Supreme Court, the uh, DOJ had requested a deadline or a, a delay in uh, filing a, a request for uh, the Supreme Court to hear that case. So now their deadline is October. Um, I'm not too happy that the uh, delay was granted, but it's not unforeseen and it's not all that unusual, particularly when the government is making that request. But again, nowhere under existing federal law uh, is there a red flag statute. Um, and again, one of the questions that we have right now in the Rahimi case is whether or not a civil restraining order 
again, without a finding of dangerousness, without any sort of, you know, mental uh, uh, health check or anything of that nature, just a judicial finding, is enough, again, to deprive people of their right to keep and bear arms. Uh, in the case of these New York judges, uh, they say the answer is no. Uh, according to uh, Lohut.com, one judge uh, ruled that uh, judges cannot decide that someone is likely to cause serious harm, which is the justification for a red flag order, without a doctor or a mental health expert saying so. An order prevents someone from buying or possessing a farm, requires them to turn over any farms that they have. Without an expert's mental health determination, the judge concluded back in April that the law, quote, lacks sufficient statutory guardrails to protect a citizen's Second Amendment constitutional right to bear arms. Two other judges have also found that law unconstitutional in New York. Thomas Moran, a Supreme Court justice in Monroe Court, or in Monroe County, did so uh, in last December in a case in which a man asked for an order against his estranged girlfriend. Uh, like the uh, other judge, uh, Judge Moran, decided that a doctor's opinion was needed before suspending that individual's right to keep and bear arms and allowing police to enter a home and seize firearms. Moran ruled, quote, a potentially mentally ill citizen should enjoy the same rights and privileges as any person in this state. Because, again, the key word there is potentially, right? At least three other New York judges have given the opposite view, dismissing any claims of constitutional violations. More than 20 legal challenges to the law have been brought so far, according to the state attorney general's office. And, again, now we're getting to the point where uh, appeals in these cases are coming from the AG's office. The AG's office uh, argues that the law offers, quote, ample protections for the Second Amendment rights of citizens, starting with the judge's ability to dismiss a request if no compelling evidence is shown, as they sometimes, sometimes do. Now, think about that for a second. Sometimes these judges reject a request when no compelling evidence is offered. Well, that means that sometimes... Judges are still green-lighting these orders, even in the absence of any compelling evidence. Lohut.com uh, notes as well, before a final order can be issued, uh, the court must hold a hearing in which the subject can have a lawyer and present evidence and witnesses to oppose an order. If they lose, they can appeal. If their appeal fails, they can regain their gun rights in a year. The state can also, by the way, argue to extend that red flag order for another year, and they can come back a year after that and argue to extend it another year. So, we, you know, we're told all the time that these are temporary measures. I think a better word for it is open-ended. Because it's not that after that one year order of protection expires, the firearms are automatically returned. Quite the opposite. Again, the state can request an extension. And under the same low evidentiary bar, a judge can go ahead and continue that uh, ERPO order for another year. And again, 12 months later, they can come back and do it all over again. So the question really does become whether or not these laws violate the due process rights of citizens. And I would argue that, in fact, they do. That there is no finding of dangerousness on the part of a mental health professional in the emergency ex parte order. The subject of this red flag petition is not in court does not have the opportunity to provide evidence to the contrary, certainly is not entitled to legal representation. As a matter of fact, even when they get their chance to show up in court, typically 14 days after that emergency order has been filed, if they can't afford an attorney, they're on their own. 
because red flag orders are civil proceedings. They're not criminal proceedings. So your right to an attorney, and if you can't afford an attorney, you know, one will be provided for you. That doesn't apply in civil cases. If these individuals have been charged with a crime, they would be eligible for a public defender if they could not afford an attorney. But that's not the case when it comes to red flag laws. So again, the citizen is put at a disadvantage. If they don't have the funds to hire an attorney, then they're squaring off against a seasoned prosecutor in a court of law. And the deck is going to be stacked against them. Now, the Second Amendment Foundation has launched, uh, as I said, you know, they were part of this Maryland lawsuit that was filed last week. But they're also um, starting a, uh, a nationwide uh, red flag challenge. They're looking for cases all across the country where they can bring similar challenges uh, to these red flag regimes that are in place again in some 20 states. It's going to take some time for these cases to develop and for the courts to uh, weigh in. But I got to say, based on the Maryland case, I think, that's, I, I think it has a very compelling plaintiff. Uh, again, an individual who, even the uh, the county in which he lives, apparently decided, okay, he's not a danger to himself or others, but only after that ex parte order was filed, only after his firearms were seized, only after he was taken for a mental health evaluation, which determined that he wasn't a danger to himself or others. Uh, and again, only after he was embarrassed in the eyes of his neighbor, his community. Why? Well, again, according to the plaintiff, because these county officials held a grudge against him. So these red flag laws not only suffer from a lack of due process protections, but they also can be abused. Even with the quote-unquote guardrails that are put in place, if you file a false report, uh, you know, in some states you could be subject to a misdemeanor offense. In some cases, it may be even a felony offense. But again, if you're saying, well, I believe this person to be a danger, boy, that's kind of hard to refute, isn't it? A lot of these end up being he said, she said. So how do you prove that somebody uh, knowingly filed a false red flag order? Again, that's a high bar for the uh, prosecutors, a very low bar when you're trying to get the guns, but a very high bar when you're trying to hold people to account for not filing these false reports. Well, keep an eye on what's going on in uh, New York State as well as this federal challenge in Maryland. Uh, and when the Second Amendment Foundation announces other challenges to other red flag statutes across the country, we'll bring you those details as well. Right now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there, a case out of Jacksonville, Illinois, where a man on probation in a child pornography case is now facing new charges. Which makes you wonder why on earth would this individual be getting probation for a child pornography charge in the first place? According to the uh, journal Courier, 21-year-old Demond Harris of Jacksonville was arrested on Friday. Charges against him, three counts of possession of child pornography, resulting from incidents back in July, and two counts of indecent solicitation of a minor that also occurred to have uh, alleged to have taken place back in July. Harris was sentenced just the month before, June 27th, to four days in jail and two years probation after pleading guilty to a negotiated plea of child pornography. He was also prohibited from accessing social media while on probation. He had been charged last October 
with three counts of possession of child pornography. Again, pleads down to basically one count. Gets a slap on the wrist, four days in jail. Then we're going to put you on probation for two years. And it sounds like not even a month went by before he was uh, caught once again in possession, allegedly, of child pornography and soliciting from a minor. So, again, Illinois taking all kinds of steps to go after lawful gun owners, but they are going easy on criminal offenders. Not only, you know, before a trial takes place where we're, uh, they're, they're letting more people out on uh, uh, you know, low bond or no bond, but even after a plea has been secured or charges have been filed, once again, we're seeing the state of Illinois take a very soft on crime approach to what are very serious offenses. Meanwhile, again, if you want to own a 20-round magazine, oh, no, they'll nail you to the wall for that. Possess child pornography? It's a slap on the wrist, and uh, we'll see you later. Sooner than we would like, apparently. Today's uh, Armed Citizen story from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, you got to dig in. The headline doesn't mention this. Goats assist Tulsa police in capture burglary suspect. That's the headline. And as a uh, former goat owner myself, we got rid of our goats a couple of years ago. They were just, uh, they were too gross. They were pooping everywhere. We weren't milking them anymore. So uh, they were becoming very expensive and disgusting pets. Uh, but as a former goat owner, I was intrigued by this, I have to say. This was a Friday night. Tulsa police dispatched a burglary call. Citizen reported that he had interrupted the burglar. Uh, that citizen apparently trying to pry open the door of the uh, resident storage building. Now, the citizen in question said that uh, he was a gun owner. He did hold the suspect at gunpoint briefly, anyway, uh, before the suspect ran off. Uh, apparently, that delay in escape helped officers, as well as some alert goats, uh, catch the uh, guy not far away. Officers spotted the suspect and attempted to make contact before he fled into a wooded area. Officers surrounded the area, began a search with a, a canine officer and police helicopter. A, another property area in the owner of the search said he saw his goats staring at a trailer on his property. And so he went to investigate. And he found the suspect hiding underneath the uh, trailer. Realizing that he'd been discovered, the suspect left his hiding place, jumped over a fence. Canine officers waiting on the other side. And the uh, man identified as a Michael Allen Richardson, eventually taken into custody uh, with the help of that uh, armed citizen, as well as some uh, four-legged citizens who, uh, again, spotted the guy under the trailer. Finally today, our good deed of the day from Laredo, Texas where a, a good Samaritan pulled a woman from a flooded car. Uh, you know, there was some serious rains in uh, the state of Texas around the, uh, well, not just Laredo, but this is where that story takes place. So this was last Tuesday. According to the uh, Houston Chronicle, Tropical Storm Herald, you know, pummeling uh, South Texas with a lot of rain. About 20 roads were closed on Laredo. Uh, the conditions led to numerous people needing help, calling the Laredo Police Department. The Chronicle reports in one specific incident, a, a local woman had been stuck in their vehicle in uh, the south part of the city, and it was a good Samaritan who helped her out of danger. Passerby in uh, a, a local barbershop, Alexis Andrade, happened to identify a woman in danger. As her car was beginning to flood, the water had actually gotten almost to the top of her vehicle. So Andrade jumped into action. He said, I was actually going home after dropping my son off from the doctor, and I was taking the street down when I saw a low car going through the water. And I was like, well, I can make it too. 
But as I went towards the puddle, I pulled up and I saw that the car was not driving through as it was flooding. It was just being pulled by the water. He said, I thought that nobody was inside because there were people watching and taking pictures and video, and they were literally just watching. And so I thought, well, maybe nobody's there. And I was going to do a U-turn when suddenly I saw the brake lights go on in the car, and I was like, damn, somebody is in there. At that moment, he said his instinct kicked in. He just got out of his own car, went through the flooded area to get to whoever was inside the vehicle. He said the water levels were up to his chest and almost entirely over the flooded vehicle. He says, I got there, I saw the lady crying, and I told her, just look, push the door, and I'm going to pull it. And she put her shoulder on the door and she pushed it. And I put my shoulder on the door and I pulled the door back. The water just came out gushing. So the water was already up to her belly. She was sitting down. And when the door opened, she was able to quickly get out of the car. Andrade says uh, once he was able to get the woman out of the vehicle, she exclaimed, uh, Gracias, senor. Por este oven. Thank God for this young man. And then she quickly got on the phone to uh, contact her family. as she was escorted by Andrade towards his vehicle. Took the woman out of the car, took her to his, turned on the heater so she could get dry. Uh, police and fire arrived at the scene to provide a medical checkup. But Andrade said he headed once again into the flooded area to see if there was anybody else inside the vehicle that might have needed help. He also said that he's kept in contact with women since the incident. And both she and her family have thanked him for what he did. Uh, he said that uh, she told him she's not feeling that well as she's sore and has back pain, still dealing with the shock of the situation. I can imagine. Apparently, uh, she had attempted to try to cross the uh, puddle because a large truck was in front of her as it was pushing the water away. Looked like the water wasn't as bad, but, you know, she goes through after water comes back in and uh, disabled her vehicle. Andrade says, uh, I was raised by a single mom, so I just did what any good person would do in a situation like this. He was thankful that he was there at the right time. Uh, And um, we are, too. Again, in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to help a stranger in need. Alexis Andrade, there in Laredo, Texas, we thank you for your very... Very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. It is a uh, rainy day here in Virginia as well, so I apologize for the uh, slight noise in the background. That's what uh, rain on a tin roof through a microphone sounds like. We will be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation, but you don't have to wait until then. Just go to BearingArms.com, and you can uh, get updated throughout the day. If you like what you see, I'd also encourage you to become a member of our uh, either a VIP or VIP Gold member of Bearing Arms, or perhaps the uh, Town Hall Media family of websites. All you got to do, go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe, use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP or VIP Gold membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support, we're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. New stories analysis that matter, just like your support. So thank you once again. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well. Be safe. Stay dry. And be free.